the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. Under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III, Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, stay tuned for the conclusion of last week's message. God comes to bring about the baptism and it comes and it sets on each one of them as divided tongues of fire. The text is they... The tongues appeared and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. What the text is saying is that the Holy Spirit came in. They all were filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now, because everybody ain't spiritual, maybe I can take you back to the street a little bit. And let me give you some vernacular that you might be familiar with. Back in the day, when some of y'all used to drink and you was three sheets to the wind, when you were full, we said, hey man, I'm full, man. I'm full. You, you, were, you were not full voluminously. In other words, you hadn't put all in you that could possibly go in you, but you was under the full control of another spirit. <laughs> you, were, you were filled with Jack Daniels. You were filled with Bud Light. You were filled with whatever it is your preference is. You were filled. That means you was under control. You felt good. And guess what happens when you got filled and you were feeling good? You start talking. Have you ever noticed when folk get filled, they talk differently? They get, it just sounds different. They start slurring their speech. They start saying things that in their normal character they would not ordinarily say. Some folk get real bold when they get drunk. And some bold folk get real quiet when they get drunk. And that's because the spirits that they have taken in are in control of their body. Well, when the Holy Spirit came in, he took over full control only because they were in one accord with God. Because if they were not in one accord with God, the Holy Spirit would not have had full control. And the reason why you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit but not fully controlled by him is because we're allowing other things to have control in our lives. We are not fully in one accord with God. And so they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had taken full control. 
And when the Holy Spirit took control, then they spoke. Y'all notice the order? They were filled, then they spoke. Because there's a whole lot of folk, got, they got something to say, but they ain't filled. You can't set the church on fire if you're not filled and then speak. Now, you can set the church into a fancy. All I need is a good organist. And I can almost say anything. I can get some folk riled up. Falling out, running up and down. You can get all that going. But it's emptiness. This tongues of fire set the church on fire. And everybody spoke. Let me say this if you just allow me to drift a a moment. Because I believe that the, the church of today has preoccupied itself with the demonstration and manifestation of tongues and ignored the weightier issue, which is the purpose of the tongues. Purpose outweighs practice and pretending every day of the week. Because a lot of folk run around pretending that they got the Holy Ghost and pretending that they're speaking in tongues And they've never had an encounter that was pure with God. And God isn't speaking, they're speaking. And so we have become preoccupied in church life with we want to see something. We want to hear something. And you babbling off and and rattling off some ta-ta-ta is somehow representative of the fact that you're spiritual. Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is, ta-ta-ta doesn't give me evidence that is God speaking. It could be any spirit. So they were filled and they spoke. And we are pushing this manifestation. We want to see, we want to hear, we want to pretend that we got it. And that we in the end and all that. And the problem is, if I've missed the purpose, then I'm practicing without purpose. I'm pretending without purpose. The tongues of fire of the text had purpose. They represented the presence and the power of God's indwelling in them. The fire symbolized God's purging and purifying power that was working in and through these disciples whom it sat on. Notice when it sat on, the the analogy is it sat on them as tongues of fire. Why would it set on them as tongues of fire? Because it was indicative of the fact that what they are going to say has been purified by the God who sits on the throne. That the words that come out from them after this visual expression of tongues of fire on them, the words that they now speak have been purged and purified by God and it is the very oracle of God that they are going to speak. 
What do you mean by that, Pastor? What I mean is that they're going to speak exactly what God moves them and inspires them and speaks through them. They're not making up stuff for their own. And so the, the church is, its foundation is forged with flaming, piercing word of God. Period. The establishment of the church, the infancy of the church, when God starts the church, he does not include a B3 organ. It ain't there. When God establishes his church and sets the foundation and forges the the groundwork of that which will endure forever, he does it with a purified word of his own. That's important, y'all, because you can't build on this house except it be with his word. So there is in this text a fire of tongues. All is on one accord. All received the tongues of fire and, and they spoke. The last part and piece of this is that all heard them speak. Now, this is the part that is amazing. If I pick up there in verse 5, it says, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem devout men from every nation under heaven. Y'all see that? And when they heard the rumbling and the shaking of of the spirit moving inside the house, and this utterances of languages coming out from the house they were everybody was confused the multitude came together and they were confused and everyone heard them speak in his own language now i need to point out something for you when we earlier saw in verse four that they began to speak with other tongues the word there is a greek word glosa which means languages So watch this. It's an unexplainable miracle that happens where the Holy Spirit comes on these men and sets on them and purges their mouth with fire so that when they speak, they speak in such a way that every nation who's gathered in the place can hear them speaking their own language. So they're not speaking some ecstatic babble. There is a physiological explanation for ecstatic babble. That is when someone becomes extraordinarily excited or influenced by some dramatic or traumatic incident or accident, such as a car accident. Many have already been found to to be walking the road in what is known and called ecstatic babble, which means the connection between their brain and their mouth to form and shape the words as it should is not properly working. Somewhere something gets short-circuited and there is a babbling that comes out. That's called ecstatic babbling. That is not called speaking in other languages. And so, it's not that. These guys are literally speaking languages that they have not studied. They did not have a church class to teach how to speak in tongue. No, the Holy Ghost came upon them and empowered them to be able to speak languages that they have never, ever studied. 
Watch this. And the people who are there, they're, they're amazed. They're, they're, what? And, and this is verse 7. Then they were all amazed and they marveled saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galilean? How is it that we can hear each of them in our own? Now, this is a different word, the Greek word, dialect. And that word means not only in our own language, but the very dialect of my language. And everybody heard crystal clear in their own language, in their own dialect of their language. In whatever fraction of articulation that they may use in their part of the town or the country, they heard them exactly like that. This is a miracle, guys. Now, as this is happening, the people are amazed, but the people can hear them speak. It's one thing to be speaking, but it's another thing to be being heard. God didn't just send these languages to these men, these tongues of fire to these men so that they could be speaking but also so that they could be heard and understood. So they're speaking. Everybody's amazed. What's going on? One of the things I think is possible in this miracle is that God gave them the ability to speak. And whatever those words that came out, they came out in such a way that no matter what place in the world you came from, it came out so that you heard it in your own language. So they spoke one language, but the one language they spoke translated to everybody else's language. That's one theory I have. Another theory I have, everybody is speaking. Fractions and and fragments of languages, but when they all come together, Lord have mercy, it sounds like a serenade of the goodness of God being articulated in front of everybody and they can hear them in their own language. I don't know which is true or if any of that's true. That's just theories I have. But I do know this. I know what the text says. The text says everybody heard in their own language and in their own dialect. And what did they hear, Pastor? They didn't hear ta-ta-ta. Verse 11 says they were speaking in our tongues, in our language, in our dialects, the wonderful works of God. As these men have had these tongues of fire that come upon them that that go forward for the establishment of the church. They're not just rattling off stuff. They're not talking about the Super Bowl. They're, They're not talking about how many gold medals were won at the Olympics. No, they're talking about the wonderful works of God. Lord have mercy. Now someone might delve into this and they say, well, I'm sure they started talking about the creation and all that, but I would probably say in the context of things, now that God has told me he was going to come back and dwell inside of me, I'm probably not thinking about way back in creation. The most wonderful thing that I can think of that is happening right now, that I probably want everybody to know, if I'm one of his disciples, I've got fresh on my mind the wonderful power of God when he was nailed to a cross one day. 
I hear them testifying. In him was no sin, but he took on the sins of man. I hear them testifying of the good works of God, how he allowed them to whip him in his flesh, beat him in his body, put a crown of thorns on his head. I hear them testifying, even though they mocked him, he didn't say a word. I hear them saying, they crucified my Savior, pierced him in his side, blood and water came running down. But you've got to hear this part. You've got to hear about the wonderful works of God. He went down into the tomb. He was there for three days. But the wonderful work of God, he got up on the third day with all power in his hand. He came and visited us. We held him, handled him, ate with him, supped with him. And then he got up and ascended to glory. We watched him float on back home. You've got to see it for yourself. He saved us. He raised us. He promised us he was coming back and he came according to his promise. He told us in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. And here we stand speaking in languages we've never known. And we didn't have to leave Jerusalem because right here, right now, we've got every nation and every tongue represented. I'm not going to waste the tongues of God to talk about stupid stuff. I'm going to talk about the wonderful works of God, how he took me turned my life around lifted me up out the muck and mire clay I'm going to talk about the wonderful works of God how he delivered me from my habits how he brought me through the fiery furnace how he delivered me day after day and how good my God is I've got to tell somebody how good he is I know you're thinking pastor what you yelling for I can't help it I'm filled with his spirit when I get the spirit all over me I can't help myself yes yes Lord yes he's been too good for me to hold my peace he's done too much for me to act sanctimonious it was not for the grace of God I wouldn't be standing here right now I've got to tell of his goodness. And the greatest thing I can tell you that he did for me is that he saved my soul. He made me whole. These men 
told of the wonderful works of God and all that God had done for them. Listen, I believe if we're going to set the church on fire, we've got to start opening our mouth. Yes, Lord. We've got to start telling people because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because he lives, we got to tell somebody. People run up on you today and they think that you was born in heaven. You so holy, they think, I never can't reach where you are. We need to start telling the truth. I was tore up from the floor up. Nobody wanted me. Nobody loved me. But God came into my heart. He saved me. He gave me my esteem back. He rescued me. And now I've got joy. Unspeakable joy. Because of what he did for me. We've got to tell folk. I used to do what you doing. Yeah, I used to smoke and talk. I used to drink and this and that and the other. But my life has been changed by the power of God. I'm convinced if we start telling the goodness of God in our own life, we can set the church on fire. Can can I share one little more thing with you? If you keep reading this text and you get around verse 41 or so, because by then Peter had got up, they accused him of being drunk. Peter said, no, you got it wrong. They're not filled with that kind of a spirit. They've got a whole nother spirit inside of them. And he laid it all out for them. And the Bible says somewhere around verse 41, he says, and then 3,000 people were added to the church that day. Lord have mercy. And as the tongues of fire kept on testifying, God was adding to the church every day. Every day. Such as whom would be saved. I'm convinced. I am thoroughly convinced if we're going to set the church on fire, if we're going to get this thing right, we've got to get back to utilizing the fiery tongues that God has given us. And, and you, ain't, you don't have to be all fancy and articulate because guess what? If you, all you need to do is say what God said. It, Pastor, what do you mean say what he said? Open up the book and just read from the book. If thou would confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart, thou shalt be saved. Repent therefore and be converted that your sin may be blind. All we need to do is read from the word. You ain't got to make up your own thing. He tells you right in the word. This is the testimony of God. If you believe the testimony of men, the testimony of God is far greater. And this is the testimony of God that life is in his son. And he who has life, who has the son, has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. Doesn't matter how good you are, fancy you are, how many church rolls you on. No, if you don't have the son, you don't have life. These things I've written to you that you may know that you have eternal life. All we need to do is say what God said. And if we say what God said and become witnesses for him, we'll set the church on fire again. Tongues of fire. 
I believe it's the means by which we can set the church on fire again. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.